0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls Welcome back to another amazing, thrilling episode of the Vigilant Geek Podcast My name is Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media And with me as always, my comic book partner in crime Oh, Holden Orm of Vigilant Geek Media And this week, uh, we are here to bring you uh some uh up to date information on what's going on right now in the DCU. Uh but before that, um, we'd like to address our latest segment that we have incorporated into the podcast, uh which is our news segment of uh what's new over the past week uh in the comic book world. Uh, so we got a few, uh, points of business to discuss, uh, some, some new books coming out, uh, that have been announced and, uh, we're excited to share this info with you guys, the insider info here.
1: All right. Um, we got several exciting things to bring up. Um, most notably, um, I do not know if we brought this up in an earlier episodes, but, uh, it was mentioned before how Omega men, was scheduled to be canceled on on an issue number 7 that's right yeah after the outcry on the internet and everywhere else dc has decided to go ahead and let the let omega man have its full 12 issue run which i think is great cuz now they get a chance to tell their whole story and who knows maybe by the time things really get get heated up as far as this book's concerned um, a lot of people might
0: buy it and then it might even be a continuing title. Yeah. Um, the book, you know, it was a little slow at the stat gate, but I, I've seen that it's really picked up a lot of steam. And, um, you know, uh, the DC execs, uh, realized this, uh, shortly after they, uh, included it with their cancellations. And, uh, the coolest thing about this that I thought was that, uh, Jim, Jim Lee, uh, who's, He's got an executive position. It, it, I, I don't remember what it actually is off the top of my head. Uh, creative, creative officer of some sort. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, like the, right now, the top three are, uh, Jeff Johns, Dan Didio, and, and Jim Lee.
0: Yeah. So Jim Lee goes and he puts out a statement on, on the web saying, you know, uh, we can admit when we're wrong. Uh, so, it's, you know, it's like, you know, we, we are dedicated to bringing the fans what they want. We were wrong. Omega Men, you know, uh, shouldn't have been cancelled. So here you go. It's back. And I thought that was cool because it, it really, uh, displays to, uh, John and Jane Q consumer, uh, hey, uh, the execs, like, they care about making money because y- if you run a business, you have to care about making money, but they, they care about giving the fans what they want too. Uh, so that's really cool. And that's, uh, other news,
1: um, it was just some uh weeks ago we had uh done a valiant podcast well valiant has decided to give uh Zephyr her very own series called uh Faith and Faith if you didn't watch that episode before is a plus-sized blonde uh 18 something with the ability to fly and she's a big fan girl and she she loves comic book stuff as a character and and she's all about like being really positive and upbeat and doing the right thing. So here what we have is is uh, a plus-size woman in comics
0: which which is pretty much unheard of up until this point. I mean, you, you see plus-size characters of both sexual of both sexes, sorry, but um in comic books, but but never really like a main character of of the of a heavy set stature. So this is something re- New and fresh. So they're, they're giving their own book.
1: I don't know if it's a miniseries or if it's going to be an ongoing. But the, with the way Valiant's been doing things, even the, some of their most important characters don't really have any ongoings that last for any extended period of time. So I feel like this yeah. is probably going to be
0: uh, anywhere between four and six issues. Well, I feel like that's the thing about Valiant. And and I f- I feel like that's how they negate some of the... Uh, slow points in their storytelling that Marvel and DC would just drag their readers through. You know, Valiant is very like, you know, quick draw McGraw, we're gonna f- throw this cataclysmic event at you, uh, we're gonna tell the story, it's gonna be detailed and it's gonna be sharp and it's gonna be no nonsense, but then when it ends, it's gonna, f- it's gonna end for Pete's sake and, uh, we're going to move on to tell you something else of substance, whereas I feel like, you know, the big two, it's sort of like, yeah, we're going to drag you through the mud here for a month or two until we, you know, get to the next big thing. Yeah, so till, right.
1: till we get to a story that somehow says some sort of meaning. Valiant's not afraid. Do let... Certain characters kind of up on the shelf and, and let another book take its place, but what they do really well is they also let characters who don't have their own books, they are always guest starring in some capacity in one book or another within the Valiant Universe, and that's why it's, I feel it's really doing so well.
0: Yeah, they're just, they're so great with their, they're, they're the best with their con, with continuity, uh, out of any mainstream title I've, I've read, uh, which, you know, besides dark horse I, I pretty much read them all we, we read them all uh i don't read much dark horse like hellboy and that stuff but yeah well uh, dark
1: horse is um it's one of those publishers that i just really haven't been grabbed by anything well uh, they do
0: a lot of that pulp uh like pop culture stuff uh they, and then
1: they they also have a lot of uh anime titles like uh oh, okay. they
0: they they get licenses
1: from Mongo over in japan and then they publish them in english which is,
0: yeah, it's like I'd rather just grab the manga. Well,
1: it's really, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hit or miss, to be quite honest. There's always certain titles that I, I do look forward to, like uh when Gerard Way and Gabriel Bob put out the next edition of Umbrella Academy, I'm ooh, going to pick it up.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a good because one.
1: Because I I really liked the first two trades so much. I, it was just a very original story, um, and it was just really, really good, I felt.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, the characters in that story not to go on a too big of a tangent but they're the most unique characters i think i've ever seen in in the medium uh yeah uh, in regards to their appearance and their abilities at least but
1: Um, they uh, they also find follow some sort of like sort of guidelines that kind of comics from they take from comics before them
0: like with with the whole team
1: aspect of things they get the team aspect of things and then they're not uh afraid to uh, do certain stuff that's kind of weird i almost feel like they have a certain amount of uh influence from British, uh, British screen stuff, like, huh. it, it kind of has, like, a Doctor Who flavor sometimes with it, because within the second one, when that fish was, uh, in charge of, like, like, the, those, uh, go-back-in-time assassins. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Umbrella Academy is a great title. I, I could probably talk about it a lot more, but we got a few more things to talk about. Um, and I'm pretty excited about it. And I know you're excited about what I'm about to say next, which would be that Jeff Lemire is taking on writing duties for Moon Knight.
0: Yeah, he's uh, diving into the Marvel fringe, uh, which is very cool. Uh, um, for those that have followed Jeff Lemire on his... Throughout his career in mainstream comics, uh, you know that, uh, Mr. Lemire, uh, was the, you know, the writer that, that, that revived Green Arrow, uh, from, you know, the doldrums of what was going on in that book and, and and made it, uh, you know, a real powerhouse, uh, for DC along with Andrea Sorrentino for the art, which is, you know, he's one of my favorite artists in the business, uh, hands down. Uh, so, um, same creative team will be working on, uh, Old Man Logan. I don't know who's doing the artwork for Moon Knight, but that guy, Jeff Lemire, is probably the busiest man, one of the busiest men for sure in the industry right now, because he's doing Hawkeye as well. He's, yeah, I guess, uh, once Secret Wars ends, he's going to be doing a Hawkeye
1: book, he's going to be doing Moon Knight, he's going to be doing Extraordinary X-Men, which will be the, pretty much the flagship X-Men title. Right, and That'll then he'll be the doing Old one. Man Logan. Uh, he'll be doing that. Uh, n- not to, uh, he's got two
0: creator-owns with Descender and Plutona. Right. And... Which I, I, um just finished thumbing through Descender and, and, uh, the artwork by Dustin Wynn, by the way, just to plug that, is just out of this world. It's, it's very
1: pretty. It's got this, uh, watercolor technique
0: to it. Yeah, he's big uh, with the watercolor neat. painting. Uh he's done it a lot for D C and it just it looks so good uh on panels. It's it's just it's unreal. So he's
1: he's doing all that and then plus he's been working on the Bloodshot book for Valiant.
0: Yeah, and he's is working on Bloodshot for Valiant and I'm sure he'll be working on more stuff for uh for them as well. And uh you know, so he's he's had his foot in the door with all you know, the three biggest labels in mainstream comics. He's doing creator owned stuff. He's just, he's, he is a, uh, superhuman. He's a real titan of the industry right now. And, and it's just, I love following his work because he's such a great storyteller. So very excited for that. Um, and while we're at it, Marvel, uh, is, is getting ready to release, uh, their whole line of books that they're, uh, you know, uh, yeah, what's putting out again. What's going to be
1: called now? All different Marvel like, now now or something. <laughs>
0: all new, all different, all awesome Marvel. Yeah, something like that. But either way, um there's 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 quite a few titles I'm really pumped about. You mentioned Extraordinary X-Men, you mentioned Old Man Logan, you mentioned Moon Knight. Those three I'm probably most most anticipating. But with that, um we want to also include that We're uh, gearing up for a new uh, Invincible Iron Man title written by Brian Michael Bendis, which is sure to be absolutely phenomenal.
1: That's probably what I'm looking forward to most. He's probably the most capable writer on the Marvel payroll right now. It's the character with the most potential within the Marvel Universe that hasn't just, no matter who's written Iron Man, it always just feels like it kind of falls short. Iron Man and the character Tony Stark has the has the like the amount of possibilities and potential of a character like he could very much be kind of DC well not DC but Marvel's Batman almost because it's almost similar situation except for the dead
0: parents yeah I mean they're they're very similar characters the only the only difference really is is Tony Stark. I mean, he's gone through his own adversities and, and things and obstacles like any other human, but um, he doesn't really have that uh, jaded outlook on life and that that, that depressing, brooding uh, behavior that, that Bruce Wayne really has, so that's where they differ, but besides that, you have, yeah... Both uh,
1: genius billionaire playboys, except Bruce Wayne, also knows all sorts of martial arts. Is an excellent detective, and
0: where Tony uh, Tony Stark could probably drink him under the table and everything, and that's all well and good. But uh, you know, he, Tony hasn't had that type of uh, you know uh, horrible occurrence happen in his life, like like the death of his parents, to really you know make him. Uh, uh, you know an angry person he's a very happy go lucky slightly cock not slightly he's very cocky uh but you know just you know party guy uh billionaire he's a genius too he can back it up with brains but uh um but either way getting back on topic uh the character hasn't really been done justice in in, in our opinion well, in, not in, in the-
1: not in our era since we've really been reading seriously has that character been done well but, yeah, it, if ever, because uh, I can't think off the top of my head. Almost every book has that like one story arc. You could be like, "Oh yeah, like this," and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's when it was like that book was at its best, or that's when that character really shined." You don't really have that with Iron Man.
0: Well, I I agree. Um, I will say that the last decent arc I read of Iron Man, this was before like Superior Iron Man and the whole stuff with his long lost estranged brother and all that nonsense. Like Kieran Gillen brought into the story, but the last arc that grabbed me enough to to really like appreciate it was probably the God Killer one. It was. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah, that that was the last decent one, probably. But um, very excited to see the Superior Iron Man nonsense go away and get our our Tony Stark back that we know and love, um, because that's one character with so much potential. And maybe it's you know, the success from the movies, maybe it's created some apathy, I don't know, uh, in regards to the Marvel Bullpen, but uh it'll just be nice to see Iron Man go back to status quo because we haven't really seen him in status quo for a very long time. So
1: Yeah, well it'll be more, more he'll be like a leading book again. Brian Michael Bendis will give the character the uh As Iron Man like like you said, Iron Man it'll really make it, it'll make him like Like, prominent and valid again.
0: Right. Iron Man should be, like, one of the main prominent flagship Marvel books. It really should be. It should be, like, Marvel's Batman. And if they wrote it... You know, in the, using the same kind of formula, you know, it could very well be. I think Bendis is going to be the guy to make it. I mean, that yeah. type of an all-star title, like it should be. Yeah, as so. far
1: as individual characters go, I believe it should be Spider-Man, which he hasn't really lost any juice, even though I believe Dan Slott. No, you know, like like kind of taking him in some weird directions. I loved what he did with the uh, Secret Wars spin-off with the Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. That was amazing. I didn't read that one. It was good. That was really good. Cool. Um... But uh as far as titles, yeah. Spider Man, Iron Man, and then I believe uh Captain America.
0: Captain America, but you get Sam Wilson and I'm gonna actually give that a shot when it gets rebooted, but
1: it's gonna be written by Nick Spencer, and he's done a really good job with the Ant Man book. Yeah. But uh I mean it's kind of a different a different tone. Ant Man is very much a book based on 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 comedy. It's not uh it's not a very serious book. So the tone of writing, writing the Captain America book is going to be a lot different. Oh. And plus, uh, yeah. be kind of big shoes. Rick Remender, did a, he had an amazing run on, uh, on Captain America.
0: Oh yeah, no, he certainly did. Uh, I, uh, stopped reading it, of course, uh, once Sam took the mantle, but, uh, like I said, I'm gonna try to warm up to it and, and pick that title back yeah. up.
1: Yeah, well everything leading up to it was really, really good. I don't, I don't believe Rick Reminder actually wrote the, uh, the Sam Wilson, um, Captain America.
0: Was it, I, I wanna say,
1: cause I remember he was kinda wrapping things up when they did the, uh, with the Axis crossover event, which was very underwhelming and had very little to do or very little effect on the Marvel universe as a whole. Yeah. Afterwards, it kind of felt like it would have, but like all it did was it spun off um, Superior Iron Man, which which he ended up creating this new armor, and you don't really know how it kind of affected him because a lot of people switched their allegiance or their uh, or like whether whether or not they were good or evil uh, during that event, and, and then everyone ended up switching back with the exception of like. Sabretooth, which, like, I never saw, read any other, I uh, never saw him in another book after that, I don't know what books he was in, um, Oh,
0: I think he was in one of the X titles, yeah, uhm. And
1: then Havoc was supposed to be, his alignment was supposed to be switched, and then, and then, you know, definitely Tony Stark. So it, it had very little or anything to do with it, but he, he was excellent. That, uh, that one 12 issue arc they did, he did with John Romita Jr.
0: with Dimension Z. With Dimension Z, yeah, was, yeah, that was that was phenomenal. That was as
1: good a Captain America arc that I've ever read.
0: The cool thing about Dimension Z, and we're talking, I think, 2012, 2013, 2013, I think. Uh, but yeah, the cool thing about Dimension Z is they, you know, they took Captain America in a different direction. He's always been the sentinel of liberty. It's always been focused around S.H.I.E.L.D. and sort of like, you know, the uh, espionage factor that that brings into play and, uh, you know, uh, international, uh, uh, geopolitical, uh, you know, even anti-terrorist type situations, counter-terrorist type situations. Uh, but this is something where, you know, he's, uh, Steve Rogers is trapped in a, in another dimension that Arnim Zola created. And, uh, or did he, I forget, did he create it or did I think
1: he he just found a a way to open a doorway to it and then he just started genetically manipulating all the creatures that lived there.
0: That's right. These mutates. Uh, but it was a very entertaining arc. And of course anytime you stick John Ramita Jr., uh, on a title, uh, the artwork is just going to be out of this world, so, uh, that was an excellent read, uh, but, but, um, you know, just getting back on, on task here, uh, lots of exciting stuff coming out from Marvel, I guess, one more thing worth mentioning, uh, now, Daredevil will also be getting rebooted, uh, like everything else, and, I forget who's going to be writing it. I, I feel like it's Charles Charles, Charles Soule, the guy who killed Wolverine. Charles Soule. Um, he's writing Daredevil now, and, and apparently Gambit is going to star, guest star, as Daredevil's apprentice. Uh, I'm not really sure how that's going to go over, because... I mean Gambit is, is is a very powerful mutant. He's certainly more powerful than Daredevil. Uh I'm not sure why he'd take orders from Daredevil. He's but. also
1: got a strange uh strange morality about him. Gambit in the books is he's the king of the Thieves Guild. Like in the world there's a guild of thieves and he's their king. Down on the bayou. Yeah, he's yeah. the king of the thieves guild. Uh Matt Murdock is a Lawyer! So, I don't know if, what the, what the, what the deal is. And he's got
0: an extremely, uh, uh, strict moral compass. Right, know? and meanwhile Gambit
1: is very much a free and loose kind of guy. He's a, Gambit's, and, Gambit's
0: kind of a sleaze.
1: And then, I don't know if they're gonna play it off that somehow Gambit wants to hone his physical skills, perhaps in hand-to-hand combat Daredevil has him beat. Yeah, who
0: knows? It'll be interesting to see. Uh I mean
1: it's worth looking into. Sometimes Marvel makes these weird decisions and you think it's like, Oh, that sounds like it's gonna suck. And then then you actually check it out and you're like, Oh, never mind. This doesn't suck at all. But I mean
0: Yeah sometimes it remains to be seen, you know? Yeah, sometimes you're pleasantly surprised, but uh well it remains to be seen. We'll have to Update everyone, uh, when we do an, our next Marvel update, but, no, uh. Um, that'll
1: probably be about, uh, let's see, they start up Marvel now, in uh, next six, month?
0: Yeah, six weeks away. So, I don't know, what do you think? Four give to it, six, four to six weeks. And then, uh, we'll
1: give it, a uh, three to four months before we do a Marvel update to truly let everybody know. Let's catch everybody up with everything. Unless well, we can't absolutely wait. That's the thing, cause I like, like, one of the things that uh, it's hard to imp- imp- like uh, let people know is that a lot of comics take a good three to four issues in order to really give you an idea what direction they're taking when they reboot these things, when they get new uh, writers and artists, and. And, or sometimes they just take, they decide to take these characters in a new direction and they, and it takes you a while to kind of figure out where they're going with, with these books. Which is, uh, part of why today we are going to do, be giving you a DC update because they just rebooted and it's been a couple weeks and the time just, it's, it's time.
0: Yeah. no, we're, we're, uh, we're overdue for a DC update, so we'll we'll get down to the meat and potatoes of the podcast here. Um so yeah, a few months back DC uh rebooted everything after Convergence ended and uh since then, uh a lot's been going on, a lot's been happening, and I suppose the the most appropriate way to start talking about all this good stuff would be to start with uh uh DC's flagship book, the Justice League. Yeah in The Dark
1: Side War. So what what they're doing with the Justice League book right now is it's kind of... Justice League is its own continuity separate from everything else going on in the DC Universe right now. Usually it's the opposite. Usually everything that goes on in that book has ripple effects into every other book in the DC line. In this case, they're allowing Jeff Johns and Jason Faubach to just kind of create their own awesome story in a bubble separate from everybody else. And it's actually been really, really good. Uh the premise of the of the arc, which is Dark Side War, is that um, if you're familiar with uh Crisis of Infinite Earths, the the anti monitor is is back and he is going to confront Darkseid. And the Anti-Monitor is probably one of the most powerful villains in the DC Universe. And, uh, the first time it took pretty much every DC character in print... ...during Crisis on Infinite Earths in order to defeat him. Um, so he's going to be going up against Darkseid... ...somebody who it has taken... ...the Justice League has to throw everything they have at him in order to defeat him. So you've got these two immensely powerful beings just getting ready to just clash with each other and which could just be like cataclysmic like they could like destroy reality if these two confront each other and and it's uh, it's got some interesting things going on um let's see uh it turns out that the uh, dark side had an affair with this amazon assassin who then gave birth and then the daughter between the two somehow summons the anti-monitor from the antimatter dimension. And now they're getting ready to have at it. Meanwhile, in the background, Miracle Man, who is uh, the high father from New Genesis' son, who was traded... Oh, Mr. Miracle? Mr. Miracle, yes. Yeah, I
0: get those guys confused all yeah, the time. Yeah, sorry about that. No, no, that's a very yeah. small nitpicky he, thing. He
1: likes to call himself Scott Free yeah <laughs> so that's that's the one we're talking about he's got the uh crazy red and yellow and green outfit, and his whole thing is that he's really good at escaping things and uh he's he's technically a new god and uh he's doing his thing and he's trying to find a way to thwart dark side but he hasn't found and now he's trying to warn uh trying to warn the justice league and meanwhile they uh they found this other being who sits on this omnipotent chair named Metron and then Wonder Woman finds a way to lasso him and take him out of the chair to get him to answer questions and Batman sits in the chair so now Batman's all omnipotent sitting in this chair.
0: So, so just keep this in mind that, you know, if you're ever, uh, you know, having some friends over for, uh, like a football game or something and, and you know, the living room's packed and there's, there's not many places to sit, if you invite Batman over to watch the game, he's gonna steal your seat. You know? <laughs> so, so you call fives on that shit. You know, don't, don't let him do that, cause look, you, Holden will tell you what happens next, and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not pretty. No, once he steals
1: your chair, he's like, I know everything. It's just super cocky. And then, uh, and with the way things are going, things are kind of hectic. Superman and, and Lex Luthor end up on Dark Side. There's no sunlight on Dark Side, so Superman's kind of losing his power. Um, like Batman's kind of lost his mind a little bit because he's sitting in this chair and he knows the answers to pretty much everything. And then, and then things are just like a big mess, and they're kind of just caught up in it because the the main storyline is that it, that. Anti-Monitor and Darkseid are confronting each other which is just like two of the biggest bads the DVC universe has ever seen and the artwork is absolutely fantastic Jason Faubach has done an amazing job on these books that's the best art they've had on it since Jim Lee did the Origins book back when the New 52 started out
0: oh yeah easily you know Jason Faubach he's done a lot of stuff uh work on Bat uh, the Batman books too uh I know he did a lot with uh, Batman Eternal, and uh, he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal artist. This is an excellent so. talent. He's a big, uh, he's a he's a big heavy heavy gun for DC. Yeah, and then uh, I guess
1: I guess uh, the theme that they're going along with, with the uh, all the Justice League books because they have a Justice League of America book, but that one is also finding its independent storyline, completely separate from the rest of the DC continuity. Because, uh, in Justice League of America, the, the Kryptonian god Rao has appeared on Earth and he's just giving everyone on Earth everything they want. He's curing sicknesses, he's solved world hunger, uh, he's, he's pretty much ensured world peace and And people are all sorts of happy and content and things are going fantastic. And Batman is just waiting for things to go wrong because he just doesn't trust aliens whatsoever.
0: Well, yeah, he doesn't trust anyone, but especially aliens, that's for sure. And then Wonder Woman is stuck in the the dimension where
1: Olympus exists around Earth. I guess all the other gods uh, ran away. Everything's destroyed. Everything's destroyed. They don't know what did it. Um, and then the Flash and Green Lantern are sent back in time to Krypton, like, back in the ancient ages of Krypton, and then, uh, that's kind of where the story left off from there.
0: Yeah, they they got, uh, the ancient Kryptonians leading Hal Jordan to, you know, uh, whatever royalty is, you know, in charge of... Well, they're
1: going to be brought to the god Rao. I guess the Rao was around back then.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's being brought to Rao from the past. So that's where things are going to start getting really interesting. I'm going to start answering some questions here, because there really isn't a bad
1: guy in the story. As, well, interesting not yet. As, it, yeah. as interesting as it is, uh I imagine that Rao's intentions are less than genuine. Uh I doubt very much that he's even a god at all. He might just be a very powerful cosmic
0: being. It seems like they grow on trees these days. Oh yeah, especially in DC... well, actually in Marvel too. Uh, both of them. But yeah, uh it'll be exciting to get some questions answered cuz they they're at the point now where they've set the story up, you know, they've set they've set it up so uh you know, basically everyone's kind of screwed. Uh everything's kind of ready to escalate at this point, I feel. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, in typical DC fashion, uh, Batman, I, I'm gonna go ahead and predict that, that he is right to be skeptical of the situation. Clearly, as you said, uh, Rao would have to have less than ethical, uh, uh, motivations for doing what he's doing on Earth right now, or else it, it wouldn't be a captivating story. So we'll wait to see what unfolds there. And it'll be interesting to see what happens to all these Justice Leaguers that have been, uh, you know, transplanted into these alternate dimensions. So, uh, alternate points in time space. So, uh, very interesting story. Uh, Brian Hitch, great penciler, great storyteller, uh, great book. Uh, if you're, you know, looking to get into DC, you want to start with these two books, the Justice League books. Justice League.
1: It shouldn't be too hard to get back issues right now either, I don't think.
0: No, no, not at all. I think they've been going strong for about a good, like, the last four months. Yeah, so... Um, so I think there are only like four books in each. You know, once again, it, it, it's separate from the continuity going on right now with Batman and Superman and everything else in the DCU, but uh Justice League, you know, is definitely a book you want to grab just to, you know, get the flagship title and, and, and get familiar with... uh the Justice Leaguers. So uh moving right along. The uh, real
1: meat and potatoes, the the table setters for the entire DCU as we know it right now. That's right. When D C decided to remarket themselves as DCU, they didn't really do like a hard reboot, but they did they decided that they were going to put out new characters and books, but they also decided that they were gonna change the status quo for both Batman and Superman. And that leads us with, uh, with Superman right now. Uh, if you're not familiar, Superman has been nerfed or he has had his power reduced, uh, a, a bunch. Um, he, right now, uh, and also on top of his power being reduced a bunch, which we haven't really found out in the books why that happened, but also Lois Lane has outed Superman as Clark Kent. So not only is his power exceptionally reduced, but everyone knows who he is. So he doesn't have that secret identity anymore. So, like, everybody who is friends and family with Superman now, everyone knows who he is. Everyone knows where to find him. It's just it's just a recipe for disaster. But it also is really compelling storytelling.
0: Yeah, I mean, you take a look at... You know, this being that essentially can do anything, and you've taken that away from him. So it's like he's used to having all this power. Now he has to adjust to, you know, maybe being slightly stronger than a human. Well, I'd say more than slightly, but... uh, He's still much stronger than everyone, but like
1: now, whereas before he was probably like the number one guy out of the DCU as far as heroes were concerned with the with the power levels that he's out right now, he's certainly more um stronger than than uh Batman was, but he's not as strong as Batman with the the current Batman in his suit. He 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 he's not as strong as Aquaman. Aquaman could tear him in half. Same thing with Wonder Woman. Um he's just very much to the point where he can jump really far now and then he like he can punch pretty hard. But he doesn't have his x-ray vision, he doesn't have super hearing, he's not super fast, he can't fly. Um, none of that freeze breath. Nope, none of that. You gotta use, uh, gotta, gotta get an ice chest like the rest of us. <laughs> to keep your beverages, uh, cool. And, uh, so between all that, within the, uh, in storylines, Superman has been dealing with, uh, this secret entity organization called Hoarder, and what they do is they take everyone's personal information and they steal it from social media and everything else, and they're tapped in all the cameras everywhere, and they're getting ready to blackmail him because they know he that Superman's Clark Kent, and they're going to use that information in order to leverage him into doing what they want, and then Lois Lane goes and she... She knew who Superman was, so she goes ahead and she tells everybody in the world on a, on like a, on like a Facebook type thing that like Clark Women. Kent is Superman. Women. So they don't have the leverage anymore, so Superman does his flare thing, because he still has the flare ability, this is before he completely loses his powers, and blows up most, uh, Hoarder and, and then they kinda escape and Hoarder still exists, but he's out there and now he's got a deal with the fact that Lois Lane, like, kind of saved his life, but, like... And then they're, they're kind of, like, bumping heads on there. And then in the storyline in Action Comics, what's going on is... it's It's post after Superman's been completely nerfed. And he is... Right now, he's dealing with living in the community where he was. A lot of people have gotten scared because a lot of the big bads from before... Know who you who Know who he is now. And supervillains are kind of looking to pick a fight with him. And then people in his own community, like, are are kind of they're rallying for him. But then there are a bunch who are rallying against him. Like his apartment's broken into and spray painted. Like go home, alien. And and, he, and he's de- I guess he's fighting with these these shadow monsters, which we're not entirely sure what their origin is or they are. We just know that they feed on people's anger and rage.
0: Yeah, and they're, uh, they can shapeshift too, so they're, uh, they've, you know, like the, the leader of the SWAT team there, uh, when, uh, Superman, uh, is trying to defend the mob of his supporters, uh, from the, you know, uh, when the SWAT team shows up in the middle of Kentville, which is Superman or Clark Kent's old neighborhood, uh, where, where his apartment is, uh, basically uh the the leader of of the SWAT team is is carrying out all these orders to uh you know execute these people and uh it turns out that uh he's actually one of these creatures is actually like the mayor and it's like the head creature the, oh the mayor's one too did I miss that somehow? Oh, I, I must have forgot about that. Oh, I remember cuz they break into the mayor's office mm-hmm. at the end and the 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 lady cop who uh, you know, had originally uh hated Superman, well well Superman saved her life uh in that situation when when uh the shadow monsters uh started revealing themselves to the public and going after uh, you know, the the humans uh so 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 uh we're left with uh a situation where uh Clark Kent uh is confronted the mayor and and the mayor is uh also uh just one of these uh shadow monsters that have shapeshifted and uh that's where they've where we've left off so um
1: right but but this is one of the uh, one of the major changes um Superman appearing in other books is now appearing as the the nerfed Superman So, but that's not the only enormous change that has taken place within the DC Comics. Probably the biggest change, the one that has affected more books than any other, would be that Bruce Wayne isn't Batman right now. Jim Gordon, through the financial support of the Powers Corporation, Mm -hmm. is
0: Batman right now. Correct. Um, it's been very interesting over the past few months, uh, as we've seen Jim Gordon take the mantle of the Dark Knight. Uh, he wears a very high-tech, uh, almost robotic Batman suit uh, created by said powers corporation. And uh, he is, of course, out fighting street crime, but he's very restricted as well to uh, the... Uh, Interests of Powers Corporation and, uh, the Gotham Police Department. Uh, the only people that know Gordon's the Batman now is Gordon himself, Bullock, uh, and the Powers Corporation. And of course, uh, you have, uh, Alfred Pennyworth's daughter, uh, her name escapes me at the moment, uh, running, uh, IT for, uh, Bat Gordon. Uh she ran IT for Batman back in Batman Eternal, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she somehow got her snuck herself onto uh working uh for the Powers Corporation to to run IT for for, for Jim Gordon, uh which is interesting. Um, so, you know, we're at the point right now where uh Jim is starting to disconnect uh, himself from uh, the surveillance of the Powers Corporation here and there when he has to go out on his own and, and do things that he doesn't want uh, the corporation to know about. So um, he's under strict orders, and this is where uh, you have uh, Bat Gordon sort of uh, playing into other books. Um he's on he's under strict orders uh to bring in any uh vigilantes vigilante is, vigilantism has uh of course been
1: outlawed. Yeah, he's under strict orders to bring back anyone else who was affiliated with Batman before. So we we have a situation where Jim actually told Barbara his daughter that that he was the new Batman because you're like, "Oh, what if something happened to me, blah blah blah." So she kind of is coping with that herself, but she decided, was faced a similar situation,
0: but she chose not to tell her father. So they see each other out in the street, uh, later on, uh, at, at night, and, uh, you know, he's, he, he's at the point where, you know, he's faced with a decision where he can either bring her in or, or let her go, and obviously he switches off calm, and he, uh, he lets Batgirl go, because he's always sympathized with the Bat family and worked hand in hand with them. Right. Uh so it'd be interesting to see how this plays out with you know you know Gordon's not somebody who's ever really uh let you know c- corporate america influence him at all he's always just stood up for for truth and justice uh but does things by the book But, yeah, he does do things by the book at the same time. So it'll be interesting to see if he he keeps going with this escapade or or if something happens or or maybe uh, he goes rogue from from his handlers. I I don't know. But then again, you have Julia Pennyworth. Julia was her name. That's right. Julia Pennyworth behind the scenes, too. Uh, And she's obviously... Uh, bat family supporter as well. So, I mean, maybe she assists Gordon in some way with uh, going rogue from... Uh of the corporation, but then again, he's also the commissioner, so he gets to really abide by the guidelines and rules of, uh, the police department, so maybe he stays put. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Well, the, the storyline of the main Bat book is amazing as always.
1: Uh, he's dealing with these meta-human threats that Batman didn't really deal with all that much before. Uh, somebody is selling gangsters and criminals powers on, on a Catastrophic scale. People who have the ability to control man-made materials through uh, telekinesis type—they have—they control that kind of stuff. Um, they've dealt with uh, a giant electric guy, um, and it turns out that there's this new big bad in Gotham called Mister Bloom, and he—he's moving in and he's getting ready to take over, kind of the main bad guy criminal, uh, as the main criminal within Gotham. And this, this is the fir- the fur biggest challenge that Jim Gordon has had to deal with, because he's finally dealing with somebody who, A, is much smarter than the street thugs he's used to beating the shit out of, and B, he's also extremely capable, he's the type of guy who can manufacture items that give humans metahuman abilities, which is just a big deal in itself, because that's something very hard to deal with, especially even if you do have a uh, uh, state-of-the-art robotic suit with all the bells and whistles.
0: Sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, I know I left off. Uh, I haven't read the latest issue, but um, there was a cool scene at the end of, I believe it was issue 44? 43? 43, 43 or 44. I think it was 43. Um interesting scene where where the penguin and his goons uh confront bloom and uh basically you know try to say hey you know i deal you know i do the business here in gotham you know uh you're not gonna try to corner in on my market and mr bloom you could tell he's he's not a businessman he's not doing this for money he doesn't care about what the penguin has to say at all and uh you know at at the end you end up seeing uh, some of mr bloom's capabilities where he's able to grow his body like in all sorts of weird contortions and he he, he makes a almost like a a sharp spear out of one of his arms and, and and ends up uh you know uh gouging penguin right in his fat gut uh which which was a, kind of a cool way to end a comic i thought uh so, you know, we got a new big bad in town and uh he's really starting to get some steam, taking out some of these other uh uh infamous uh Gotham City rogues. Right. So, be interesting to see. Uh, now, um,
1: that also kind of carries over with the uh, they, they got the new dynamic going on in Detective Comics as well. Only Detective Comics is more of a kind of commentary between Harvey Bullock and Jim Gordon. Harvey Bullock is almost like the main character of the book now.
0: Yeah, um, they focus a lot, or they've been focusing a lot uh, in Detective Comics on, on the corruption involving uh, Bullock's partner, Nancy Yip, where she provides this information uh, to these terrorists, uh, this organization called... Uh, de la muerte uh they wear like you know the dia de los muertos makeup and all that and uh they're gonna blow up a stadium and they're they're supposed to do it uh on the day that i believe the circus is gonna be in town Mm -hmm. but uh turns out that they're really going to conduct this act of terrorism uh the day before when the during po- the
1: rehearsal during the, the
0: rehearsal with the police when the cops are there to
1: kill the cops who won't go on uh one of the Falconi's payroll I forget which one there's some i guess is like one of the younger ones
0: yeah well uh the Roman is is out of the picture so yeah one of his sons but uh yeah you know it's it's been interesting uh be interesting to see what goes on i mean at the end. Uh, what Bullock and Montoya end up doing, uh, to Nancy Yip, uh, was questionable in regards to ethics. Uh, but it's making the story juicier. I won't give it away. Um. Yeah, but, uh, as you can see, just pretty much any of
1: the dynamics from any of the books containing Batman or Superman have just gone. If, if either of them are in the new books, it makes it so much more interesting and that's why the batman superman book is completely inter- so interesting now cuz it's almost a completely different book cuz you got this different depowered version of superman and then you got the brand new batman and they don't know each other and uh during the first arc they team up and it turns out that these uh beings from some terra- subterranean uh come up to the surface to steal the synthetic sun that the uh it was either, I think it's the Fox Corporation.
0: Fox, yeah, Fox Corporation. That does, the Fox Corporation
1: it. developed and the, the subterraneans want to bring it down to the, under the surface because they had something before that was a life source and allowed people to live better and a lot of people down there really were relying on it. So they come to this big stealing thing and then one of the subterraneans end up getting help from Aquaman so that Aquaman ends up in a fight with Superman and Batman's like, Oh, what's going on, blah, 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 and they keep arguing with Superman. Then it turns out Aquaman only helped them because he wanted the sun out of the ocean, because it was killing things. And he has a real beef with, with dead sea life, because he's the, pretty much the king of the ocean at this point. He's and, the king of
0: the ocean!
1: And, uh, they go, and then the sun ends up getting out of way, even though it was about to explode, and then... And then they, like at the very end of the arc it's cool cuz they see like there's one the main villain and they're like we got the sun and, and then they're like oh i know exactly what to do that and then you find out who the identity of the person behind it is and it's like Vandal Savage and like i just screamed like with glee when i found out Vandal Savage is going to be back in the DCU because i loved that character back during uh, Demon Knights was
0: a book oh yeah he's uh He was a real bastard. Yeah. If
1: you're not familiar with Vandal Savage, he's, uh... Vandal Savage was like a caveman, and this meteor radiation allowed him to become immortal, and he couldn't be killed. So, he's been alive for all these centuries, but, like, he started out from very barbaric beginnings. So, like, over time he's learned to do other things, but when it comes right down to it, he's all about just, like, brutally, like... Like, taking out his enemies and killing them. Like, very barbaric and... vandal And savage E So... He, he's going to be posing a threat to Batman and Superman in the next arc. And I, I can't wait to see what he does with that son. Because right now, they're kind of... Batman and Superman are out of their league. You're dealing with the Batman who hasn't been being a Batman for very long. And has his own style on how he does things. And you're dealing with the Superman who more often than not these di- these days is biting off more than he can chew as far as the uh the rogues gallery that he's normally used to dealing
0: with. Oh yeah. Yeah, um you know, I I've just been uh so pumped with what they've been doing with both these characters cuz I mean, you look at Batman and Superman, they they are sort of like, you know, the two anchors that hold down the DCU. Um when when you change them around, you know, you throw all sorts of things into a ray Well, it's like uh, a
1: throwing a boulder into a pond. You just it ripples and affect the
0: rest of the pond. And it's just been exciting to see these ripples uh as they've been coming into effect here. Uh so moving right along, uh probably the next title we we better discuss uh would be uh, Wonder Woman. Now, I still have not gotten a chance to get into this book. I did get some back issues, and I will be getting into it, but I was hoping you could illuminate us for the time being. That's right. Uh Some time
1: ago, I just decided that I was just going to pick up a bunch of Wonder Woman back issues and uh get affiliated and see what the character's up to. Um, the Wonder Woman title very much has a lot to do and is deeply rooted in, uh, within Greek mythology. Um, the idea is that Wonder Woman is actually the illegitimate daughter of Zeus. And I guess Zeus had a thing with the Queen of the Amazons, and then Diana was born. And... Wonder Woman. That's why Wonder Woman's around. Um, I guess in some arcs sometime back... I uh, didn't go that far back-and-back back issues, but apparently what happened is she ended up uh getting into uh, a conflict with Ares, the god of war. Uh I guess Ares is now dead, and Wonder Woman is now the new god of war. So she's got those responsibilities of being the god of war. Um, not afraid, as a character herself, she's not afraid to swing her sword around and Stick it in the people who are bad and unjust. <laughs> um, so right now she's uh just came off this arc where there's this uh Amazon woman who is made of from clay named Diana Prince. And Diana was led astray by one of the other Amazons into killing all the Amazon men that were on the other side of the island. And she's feeling a lot of remorse and doesn't want to live with herself. So, uh one of the gods, I believe strife. Strife or Discord, one of those, one of those it's hmm, one of those gods named after one of those uh one of those terrible qualities. Anyways,
0: <laughs> there's a lot of those, I feel. Yeah, there's quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pe- pestilence and and
1: war and and famine and, and gout. Gout. I am gout.
0: <laughs> <laughs> feel my wrath. I sting in your feet. It's like this. This is this kind of sucks, man. I know, gout? man,
1: dude. Once gout shows up, you know the party's over. Definitely, oh, definitely, pestilence across the land.
0: See, you can party with pestilence. You know, it it gets annoying, but I mean, you know, you, you can deal. But once gout shows up, yeah, that's <sighs> the, that's the end of everything.
1: That's well, the it's a very specific pestilence, is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. terrible. It's so terrible. Anyways. So we're coming off the hang uh the end of an, uh, that arc and right now there is a being somewhere who is influencing a young man who's part of Poseidon's lineage and giving him arrows that can kill a god. And I guess whoever made the arrows snuck in who uh, to Havestus' forge and created them himself. Ugh. Because usually Havestus is the only person who's got the capabilities to create anything like that. I guess he, in the comic books he recently said that like Deathstroke is the only person who has any weapon that can kill a god, because that's the only one that he made specifically. Right. So somebody's on the loose, they're out there, Diane already got, uh, sh- Wonder Woman already got shot with the arrow once, uh, this guy, he's got a Pegasus, he's, he's trying to claim the, the title of God of War for himself, I guess he's been, hard on his luck and having bad times so he's being easily influenced by whatever deity it is that's uh trying to get him to do these things um, and then someone else has killed the fates and Diana Prince is walking around London and no one knows where she's at and that's kind of where things stand right now in Wonder Woman um, kind of trying to find out who's trying to kill who and then why Diana Prince is being led astray and all in that. All in all, uh fairly entertaining reads. Um the artwork is really good. So there's no reason not to really check it out.
0: Yeah, it's sort of the last like big DC title that I, I well her, uh her and Aquaman actually are the two last ones that I, I've had I've just had a lot of trouble getting into, but um That's
1: understandable. Aquaman's a very hard character to write.
0: And we'll get into Aquaman too. Uh, cause I know, uh, you're gonna be able to, to tell us a little bit about that, but the thing about Wonder Woman is it's actually, uh, you know, the annuals that I've picked up in the past and, and her appearances and her, you know, her in the Justice League books, she really is just such a badass character, um, it, it really would behoove any, uh, DC fan to pick up Wonder Woman, you know? Uh, a lot of times I thought, you know, I'm not really into the whole, uh, mythological type, uh, type of story, you know, like, like a Thor or anything like that, but, um, no, I mean, Wonder Woman, she slices and dices. She's Uh, not afraid to shed a little blood. Um. And she looks great doing it, so. Yeah, looks great doing it. You know, uh, definitely a book I'm gonna be able to start talking about very soon. Um. So this brings us to, uh, two of our, uh, favorite DC characters here. We got, uh, you know, actually three. Cause you want to, of course, mention Aquaman. Aquaman, you know, I often forget about him as many, uh, comic book consumers seem to do, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I'm, um, I'm sure he's a great character. I'm, I'm sure he's got a lot to offer. And, uh... You know what, Holder? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with that? I think, uh... You mentioned that Cullen Bunn... Uh... Was writing that uh, a few weeks ago, I believe. Uh, that's
1: true. Uh, he's been writing the book for about, like, the past four issues. He took over for Jeff Parker. Um... So, right now, the storyline in Aquaman is... it's, It's... It's a little bit different. Um... Right now uh there's this the Kingdom of Atlantis before it sunk under the ocean. Um was predominantly, you know, there were they're land breathers and walking on land and uh but there was this cabal of either evil, evil warlocks that tried to overthrow Atalon um or Atlan, the King Atlan, who was the king of Atlantis. And uh what happened is is that Atlan, after he was kinda overthrown, he comes back with all these really powerful Atlantean artifacts, and he sinks Atlantis. Well, all these evil war warlocks, they go ahead, and most of the population ends up coming with them, they use this magic spell, and then, the, the nation of Atlantis that was then, ends up being called Thule, and ends up going... Is it Thule? I believe it's Thule. If it's, if I'm wrong, I don't know, tell me, later. Anyway. They, they go to this other dimension, and then they go ahead and they're they're there and they have all these people well now they're trying to come back into reality and uh and they've got it so meanwhile Aquaman comes back he finds one of these places where they're trying to come back into reality and he finds out that these people are actually Atlantean that are trying trying to come back but they like they get this weird pestilence influence to it that it's kind of poisoning the oceans and everything so He's like, well, that's not right. I got to save these people, but I also have to stop this reality from coming back. So Mira ends up losing her, like, getting wicked pissed off, like, these aren't your people, blah blah blah. So she's got everyone in Atlantis coming after him. Well, what the deal really is, is that you eventually find out that these these warlo- these warlocks have encountered Mira's sister, Siren. And Siren is posing as Mira, and she has the same hydrokinesis abilities. And she's the one who's kind of run Arthur out of town because Arthur, after that, had to go to Poseidon himself and ends up getting granted all these um, all these powers from the sea god, like extra powers on top of what he already had and in powerful artifacts. So now he's trying to save these refugees, and. Stop the evil warlocks. And meanwhile, the kingdom of Atlantis doesn't know who he is. So his own people are trying to get after him, even though he's doing what's best for everybody. But nobody knows that because they're being led astray by uh Mira's sister, who's kind of like a doppelganger right now. And she's looking a lot like Mira herself.
0: Ah, because I was going to say, uh the authentic Mira, she would never uh, turn her back on Arthur like that. I don't feel. No, she was always, I uh, felt like the most dedicated,
1: uh, heroine in, in comics. Like, uh, more than anybody, I think that Aquaman had the strongest relationship with like his woman. More than anybody in, in comics, just period. Like the, when I first read it, I was just extremely peeved. Cause I just felt that like the relationship was a lot stronger than that. Cause oh, yeah. She always just seemed like if, if Aquaman decided to do like a total heel turn and become like the biggest villain in the oceans, I feel like she would have tagged along with that even though she wouldn't agree with it. So, it's got this weird dynamic going on, I guess Mira's being held prisoner somewhere in Atlantis, but nobody knows where she is. And it's it, it's got a more interesting dynamic. It took a couple issues for me to kind of warm up to the idea, and when I kind of figured out what was actually going on, I realized that it was actually really good storytelling. Storytelling, and they got me like hooked into uh this whole idea what they had. So, I mean, it, for a little while there, I was feeling like Aquaman was one of those books that like I was just kind of throwing my money at and just hoping it would end up good. And then, luckily for me, it kind of did, but Aquaman kinda ever since jeff john 's left the book it 's always been kind of on shaky ground it's he 's a real hard character to write because you don 't never know what kind of story you want to tell with him. Do you want to tell a superhero story? do you want to tell a um, a political story because he 's actually a king and a leader and like a warrior um, do you, i mean you 've got a couple different avenues the type of story you can tell. And it's hard to blend all those elements into one story. Usually, you just kind of have to concentrate on one. So. It's a very multi-dimensional character, yeah. Absolutely. But it's also really hard because it's kind of hard to people. I don't know. It's hard to keep people interested in uh in under the sea things because
0: that's just you know. I guess maybe that's just because not it's not the world we live in. Uh You know. Under the, under the ocean is, is sort of a different realm in a way. Well, so. it's, in a lot of ways, it's almost like outer space. It really is. It really is. Um, well, you know what? Uh, with that being said, uh, I think we're going to go to a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about the flash, green lantern, the DC Vixens and the DC Fringe. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You know, it's great. This is the best part about podcasts. Just getting together. We don't know what's going to happen. We're just with our friends. You know, it's after work. You guys should come to HotCast. Got great subs down the street. Parking wasn't bad at all. Someone already paid for mine. It was an hour and eight minutes in there. Got here. My friends were here. Same time. Now we're just hanging out. Come to HotSpot Podcast. Get yourself a good old-fashioned sub. HotCast. HotCast Podcast. Come to HotCast Podcast and enjoy the show. Come to Hotcast podcast and enjoy the show. This is it. Like this this is what we do now. Nothing better than just hanging out with some friends. You know what? Hotspot podcast Is that what it is? Hot Hot, ca- hot Hotcast podcast. Check it out on- online. All I know is Hotcast podcast one of the best places